Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, a.k.a. the bad guy, a.k.a. the good guy, a.k.a. I'm just your guy to talk sports. We got another great podcast, and this podcast is available on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts at. So if that's Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitch Fix, I believe, Stitcher, Stitcher, I think, Anchor. Shout out to Anchor for always allowing me to have the platform to get my content out there and you can also email the show that's s-p-o-r-t-z-b-i-z-n-e-s-s at gmail.com you can also find me on instagram at money compton you can also find me on the twitter verse at eric t compton so yeah with that being said it's about that time we have a great show today and we're gonna talk about a couple other things man we're gonna talk about high stakes low stakes and i feel like high stakes man it's, it's a lot riding on this weekend Super Bowl. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is the first ever home team to be the host city, being the home team for, for their Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know it's Monday, February 1st. Shout out to all my military folks out here spending their uh, paycheck money on payday. So shout out to them. For a lot of people that got paid, I got paid today. So um, if you want to go ahead and take that three points that the that Vegas is giving the Kansas City Chiefs, I think I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them points, man. I think that my heart wants to say somehow Tom Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to figure it out and actually pull. I don't even know if it would be considered an upset, honestly. I don't know if that would be considered an upset, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But I honestly think that if the Chiefs are going to be healthy with Nicole Hardman, um, you know, he's on the COVID roster right now um, somebody close to him tested positive um so if they have a full slate of all their weapons with sammy Watkins, uh tyreek evans tyreek hill i'm sorry tyreek evans played for the nba tyreek hill um <laughs> travis kelsey um the running back that they got et Lair. they also have Le'Veon bell that'll be there um patrick mahomes coming off of that toe injury as well as that concussion with two weeks off um he should be tip-top shape um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they how they're able to gash up the 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 the, the Bucks's defense. Um, um, I, I just can't see it any other way with with even how how good and you know you always say never never count out TB12, but this might be the day you might want to count them boys out. Um, and you know Tom Brady, even though this playoffs, Tom Brady hasn't. Well, I take that back. He hasn't looked super bad. He he didn't look. To be in tip-top shape in the NFC Championship game, he looked he looked very Jameis Winston-ish out here throwing three interceptions that people kind of just want to turn the other cheek about. Um, yeah, he looked very Jameis Winston-ish. So I don't know what what that all entails in, but that did happen, and <laughs> we'll see what ends up going on this Sunday. But I, I'm definitely gonna say the Chiefs. And what's the score, E? What's what you thinking the score gonna be? I'm thinking it's going to be something like 35 to 38. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think the Bucks have just as much firepower as well with Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. Um, 
Leonard Fournette has looked really, really, really good this postseason. He looks really good, like LSU Leonard Fournette good. Um, so that's 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 neither here or there, but he looks really good. If they can get that run game going, I know Ronald Jones is supposed to be the starter, but the way they've been giving that rock to Leonard Fournette, I would probably start him. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and somehow the Chiefs are going to be able to run this thing back-to-back. Um, and, and, and I don't think that it's a failure on the Bucs season if they, they lose the Super Bowl. I mean, some people had them coming all the way to the Super Bowl, but a lot of people didn't have them coming out of their – you know, they got a wild-card position, but nobody expected them to be this far. So, you know, Tom Brady, what would that be? This is Super Bowl number 10 for him, which I didn't realize it until last week. This dude's got just as many NFC Championship wins as Drew Brees, Jared Goff, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And he's only been in the NFC for one year. So I I consider that to be a huge success for him and his team. So I got the Chiefs. I just think that they're the younger team. They're the more faster team. They also have a better defense than the Bucs do. And I think with the pass rush of Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark, um, Tom Brady don't like he don't like to pass passes, you know, on the run. He's not a mobile guy. Um, so it's going to be really I think it's going to be Tom Brady's going to have a frustrating day. Uh, if you're out here throwing three interceptions against the Packers, it's only going to be a matter of time to see what he's going to do against the Chiefs. So I, I'd say 35, 38 is what my, my final score is going to be with the Chiefs. So there you have it. Lock it in. It's it's, it's on wax on this podcast. So. I'm, I'm calling it Chiefs 35-38, Kansas City Chiefs over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll see what ends up happening, and we'll go from there. But in other NFL news over the weekend, we had a huge blockbuster trade, which blockbuster trades really don't take place in the NFL, man. So whenever you see these trades pop off, you know, you got to see what's going on. And once again, the LA Rams have decided to go all in. They went, This is their uh, third player that they've gone all in for. They went all in for Sammy Watkins. They went all in for Jared Goff. They went all in for Jalen Ramsey. And now they're going all in for Matthew Stafford. Which means that they do not have a first round draft pick for the next set or for for pretty much the next seven years or something like that. It'll be by the time they get a first round draft pick, I think it'll be 2025. Barring that they don't trade that draft pick away. And they haven't had one since they got Jared Goff, which was four years ago. So we're talking about a span of seven years or something like that. Um, Yeah. um, So they traded Jared Goff, uh, Rams quarterback. They traded him to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. And the Rams will be getting Matthew Stafford. And the Lions will be getting two first-round draft picks, I think a third round this year, and Jared Goff services. So, um, you know, my initial thought was, you know, man, they gave up a lot of draft picks, but if and they gave up a lot is what I initially thought. But honestly, I was thinking, well, this is also the Detroit Lions where finding talent isn't really their knack outside of Herman Moore, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. And if you want to put Matt Stafford in there, I can't tell you I can't even name you three players that play for the L.A. Rams. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry for the Detroit Lions. Um, that that started off with that franchise. So you you take four those four players away, you know. I I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, now as far as what the LA Rams are in, they're in win now. And, you know, they gave up all their assets. They got all their assets to get. You know, who I think is probably arguably the greatest, not the greatest, the best cornerback in the game in Jalen Ramsey. They have probably the best defensive lineman in Aaron Donald. 
Um, and now they have a very, very good quarterback. But, you know, the thing is, am I thinking that this is going to push them all the way to the Super Bowl? I mean, I don't know. Matt Stafford's been in the league, what, 12 years? How many playoff wins he's got? The same amount as I do. None. Been in the playoffs three times. So, um, does he have a more of a better winning culture? Absolutely he does. Um, he's with the team that literally just went to the Super Bowl, what is that, three years ago? So, they're not too far removed. My only concern about the Rams, and it, it's, it's very interesting, and I don't know if a lot of people realize this or not, but the Rams don't really necessarily have a bona fide number one wide receiver. They got Robert Woods. They got Cooper Cup. They got uh, Josh Reynolds, I believe is his name. Um, they got the tight end, Tyler Higby. All of these guys are amazing, amazing receivers. Um, but if we're talking, let's just take the Super Bowl, for instance. You got Mike Evans. Um, you got, oh, Antonio Brown. Um, you got uh, uh, Chris Godwin. And then you also have a Rob Gronkowski. If you go on the other side, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Sammy Watkins. You got McCole Hartman. And you got Travis Kelsey. You know, you're talking about Tyreek Hill and possibly Mike Evans and even Travis Kelsey. Those are probably three, three of the top 10 receivers in, in the game. And Robert Woods, I think it's year ugh, eight or nine for him. Cooper Cup, you know, he came off of a torn ACL and banged his knee up in, in the last in the divisional round against Green Bay. So my only concern about them is I don't necessarily think that they have a bona fide number one receiver. Now, if you look at almost every team in the NFL, they, they have a true number one receiver. And I don't know if any one of those guys is is a, is a receiver. I, I don't know. And that's just my only thing. You know, they, they definitely have a good running back by committee type of situation as well with Cam Akers there. Um, but I, I, I don't know. So they, did they give up a lot? For sure. But I think, you know, people are always like, well, the Rams, you know, they don't have any first round draft picks. But they haven't had one for like the last three or four years. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're used to it. And then also, I also got to thinking about it as well as like, you know, these teams that end up stockpiling a lot of draft picks, i.e. the Raiders, when they traded away Khalil Mack for two first rounders, and they also traded away Amari Cooper for one first rounder. I mean, they the players that they got in return haven't really panned out. So I think the 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 play that the one player that they got come to think of it was Josh Jacobs which okay he's he was a thousand yard back last year and I think he was a thousand yard back this year um that's a, that's a nice pickup and then they also got um the 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 cornerback um from Ohio State this year Damian Harmon I believe is his name I can't think of his name off the top man he didn't do nothing he didn't do Jack Diddley Pooh um and then I think the year before what is that the when Last year, when they two years ago, they had I think either two or three first round draft picks. They got Cleveland Farrell, um, a couple other guys that I can't even think of right now. So just because you stock up on draft picks, don't necessarily mean that you're gonna be able to do your thug thizzle. And so um, it, it's you know it's a 50 50 thing. So unless you have a great scouting, you might it's good to have assets and it's good to have all these draft picks. But if you don't know what you're doing. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it it, it, it it basically flips into wins. And the Lions are going to be sitting on a nice plethora of picks. But the Rams have been, what, four, about three or four years without a first-round draft pick. And they went to the Super Bowl one of those years. So you can't knock that hustle as well, that approach. But 
we'll see what ends up happening. I think this is a win for Matt Stafford. Um, with him being in year 12, he's probably got a good solid five years in him. So the window for the Rams have just expanded a little bit more by having a quarterback who's pretty good with little to no talent. So the fact that this man has some talent around him should should help him out a lot. You know, um, Matt Stafford also had one of probably arguably one of the greatest wide receivers ever to play the game too, Calvin Johnson. Um, so we'll see what he does when he has a plethora of weapons around him. So um, it's going to be interesting and I'm, I'm happy to see Matt Stafford move on um, to see if he can actually be in a better winning culture, a winning franchise, a franchise that has won a Super Bowl, a franchise that just was in a Super Bowl, a franchise that's always contending to be in the playoff picture. Even though last year the Rams didn't make the playoffs, they I think they were all the way up to week 17 when they were in the playoff fight. So um, we'll see what ends up happening. And barring any catastrophic injuries, this should be a great um, move for the Rams. Um, they, they're, they're used to not having first round draft picks. They draft really well. They also sign really, really good free agents, too, on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see what ends up happening. Now, that, that, does, that question does entail now. What does Deshaun Watson's, what is his asking price now? So we got somebody who's 25 years old, who literally like Dabo Sweeney said in, in the year that he got drafted is you guys just basically slept on on, uh, on Deshaun Watson and he's going to be the Michael Jordan of the draft. And Deshaun Watson has been nothing but great. Um, he also just comes from an interesting city. Uh, I'll just say that in Houston alone. It's an interesting market where just outside, you know, you have the Astros, um, you have the Rockets, and now the Texans, they're all going through these interesting sagas. And and now with Stafford's asking price being two first rounders, a starting quarterback, and a third rounder, I can only imagine at a minimum, they're going to want three first round draft picks at a minimum, if they're smart. They should ask for three first-round draft picks. Not to mention, they don't even have a, dra- a first-round draft pick this uh, draft coming up in the 2020 draft. Or 2021 draft. Lord, I don't want to be in 2020 no more. They don't even have a first-round draft pick because that's with Miami for Laramie, the Laramie Tunsil deal. So I, I, I don't know what team is going to be able to pull the trigger. But if you're not the L.A. Chargers, the L.A. Rams, um... Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, who else is out there? Um, yeah, that's about it, really, that I can think of off the top of my head. If you're not one of those teams, you basically have an open invitation of probably asking what you want for Deshaun Watson. I can't think of outside of those teams that I named, and I'm pretty sure, you know, does he want to go to Dallas? You know, there, there, there's that option. Does Dallas, What does Jerry Jones want to do? We don't know what Dak Prescott's situation is going to be, and he's he's a free agent this year because he played on a franchise tag. You know, does he want to go to Dallas? Um, does he want to go to New England? There, there, there's a possibility for that. You know, there's 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 options for him. Um, you know, we don't know what New Orleans' situation is with Drew Brees. Do you want to do you want to look into that? Do you want to if you want to win now? Do you want to go to San Francisco? Injuries are the only things that that's the only thing that kept San Francisco down this year was just their injuries. Do you want to replace him with Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think Deshaun Watson is a stupid upgrade from Jimmy G? I mean, and then also the Las Vegas Raiders, do they want to play? Do they want to get in the sweepstakes and, and drop three first round draft picks? So there, there's a lot that can go on um, for this. 
whether that happens or not is TBD. We don't we don't know what their asking price is going to be. So um, it, it does bring up an interesting question of what is the asking price for Deshaun Watson? Because if you can get a quarterback year 12, 32 years old for two first rounders, Man, that joke is that Joker's market just skyrocketing. I mean, it's green like GameStop green right now. Like you need to buy into that thing right now and, and get your money's worth for Deshaun Watson because I think there hasn't been a time higher for for that man's asking price. So we'll see what ends up happening. And as far as you know, I, I, where I think he's gonna land, honestly, unless he plans on doing some sit ups and push ups and stuff like that in his front yard and, and wherever he is in Houston, Texas. I can't see him going anywhere else right now. I think if I'm the Texans, I'm not I'm not trying to move that rock. I'm not trying to move him unless the price is stupid and you just have no choice but to, to take it. But I, I think you got to kind of see what you can get from him um, or you got to see what what who's willing to blink first. So unless Deshaun Watson's out here just doing push-ups and sit-ups in, in, in front of his house, I can't see them moving him immediately when training camp starts. Um, so I... I I don't know. It's an interesting situation with what's going on over there in Houston. Um, it always seems like there's a there's a problem there. And segue into that, you got <laughs> you got obviously a former Houstonian that's living in Brooklyn now, and you know people are asking the question now: Is it time to start panicking about the Brooklyn Nets? Um, they had a very interesting game Sunday night. They beat. They lost to the to the. The, the Wizards and I low key forgot that the Wizards was in the NBA because they haven't been playing any games because they've had nothing but COVID cases left and right. So you got you you had the Wizards where they're two and twelve against anybody else outside of the NBA, but they're two and zero oh against the Brooklyn Nets. So that means half of their wins have already come against the Brooklyn Nets this year. The Wizards, their four wins, two of them are, are against the Brooklyn Nets. And not to mention, this last night, Brooklyn Nets was fully staffed. That means they had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets, who I refuse to say his name on my show because it's my show. And if you want to act a, if you want to act like a donkey, you're you going you gonna to get that donkey treatment. You're going to get that energy off the show. So if you don't know who number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets is, Google him. He's a pretty good player, but I don't want to say his name. Um, but they gave up 100. <laughs> they gave up. 149 points in a regulation game, four quarters. We're talking NBA all-star game type stuff. So I did a little bit of research. The Brooklyn Nets are on pace to possibly have the greatest offensive season in NBA history. But at the same time, they're also on pace to have the historically worst defense ever assembled in the National Basketball Association, which I believe is 75 years old this year. I think so. I think it's 75 years old um, this year. Um, so that leads into two things. The Brooklyn Nets only play basketball 50% of the time. They don't play no defense whatsoever. And so people have been trying to figure out, well, what's wrong with the Brooklyn Nets? What's wrong with the Brooklyn Nets? What's wrong with the Brooklyn Nets? I'm about to tell you what's wrong with the Brooklyn Nets right now. It's nothing wrong with the Brooklyn Nets. Absolutely nothing. What you need to start doing is looking into who their coaching staff is. And I said this earlier today. Steve Nash is their head coach, former Phoenix Sun. Amari Stoudemire is an assistant, former Phoenix Sun. Mike D'Antoni was the former head coach of those two players, former Phoenix Sun staff. What does that entail? It's around 2007. This was a team that was saying, 
put up a shot in under seven seconds. They were trying to, that was their philosophy. They didn't play defense. So if your coaching staff doesn't enforce defense, what do you expect them players to do? They're not going to play any defense. So in all honesty, I'm not really surprised that they're out here putting up NBA 2K21 numbers when they're playing on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm also not surprised that they're giving up damn near 150 points in the four quarter regulation game as well. It, it, it goes both ways. And if they want to be on the run TMC, the 07 Suns type of hype, then that's fine. Um, and, you know, people are always like, well, what about the Golden State Warriors? What about the Golden State Warriors? If you actually look up the Golden State Warriors during that five year run, they were anywhere between top 15 to a top 10 defensive basketball team. They actually were more of a defensive focused minded team than they were on the offensive side. And I think until the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets are e- able to to accept that they're going to have to play some sort of defense. And I'm not saying that they need to be the the 04 Pistons or something like that, but they need to be at a minimum a top 15 defensive defensive basketball minded team. If they can't do that, then uh, it's going to be it's going to be slim pickings for them. It's not going to be a uh, a, a, a long playoff run. I don't. I would like to see them in late May and June, but at the rate they're going, they'll be in. They'll be exited out in early May because Milwaukee plays really, really good basketball. Philly has figured some things out, and I'm actually surprised because I wasn't really keen, too keen on the whole Doc Rivers coaching uh, move. But so far, it looks like it's panned out pretty well. So, if Doc Rivers can keep everyone healthy over there, that's a team that you don't want to sleep on. Toronto's always in the mix of things. Um, and if we're talking about the Western side, you know, you got at the both LA markets, you got, um, you also got, you know, uh, I'm trying to drawing a blank here. Uh, Denver, you also got Utah who Utah looks good, even though they won 11 games. I'm not, my stock isn't all the way in on them. I would probably say both LA teams and Denver before I would say Utah. I just, I don't know, something about Utah. I, I don't see them being a long, a long-term, a long, deep in the playoff run team. They might make it to the second round and that's about it. Um, but they're, they're, they're in the mix. But as far as, as far as the Brooklyn Nets go, you know, this is what game four or five with, with them guys. So we'll see what ends up happening, but, um, they, they got to learn how to play defense. That that's, that's the main important thing. If you don't play defense, I don't care who you're playing. You're not, you're not going to beat anybody. So we'll see what ends up happening. So, um, but I do, I do like what I see on the offensive side of the ball with them guys, but you know, they also gave up a lot to get James Harden and their, their bench is suffering right now. You know, when you get rid of Karis LeVert, uh, and, and Dinwiddie and stuff like that, it, and, and, uh, Jared Allen, it, it, it gives up a lot. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. So with that being said, it is time for the Sports Business Podcast Big Dummy of the Day. And this breaks my heart that I actually got to do this. It really does. I'm from the Bay Area, born and raised. Went to school at Galileo Academy of Science Technology. Shout out to the class of 05. Grew up in Oakland and in the city too. Grew up both cities, Oakland and San Francisco. So anybody who knows me knows that I'm a diehard Warrior fan. And it pains me that I got to do this. But the local broadcast crew of the Warriors, Bob Fitzgerald and Kalene Azabuke, who's a former Golden State Warrior, they got to get the Big Dummy of the Day uh, award. And I get that, you know, the home, you know, there was a, 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 a NBA TV broadcast game Saturday night where they played the Pistons and they beat the brace off the Pistons. And I guess Rodney McGruger wouldn't be a tough guy and yada, yada, yada. 
Clay Thompson gave a little quick little jab and said something to the realm of, I don't know what that guy's mad for, but he'll be going back to the G League really, really soon. And Kalina Azabuke wants to go. He wants, he wants to instigate. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Oh, what's going on here? And then you got Bob Fitzgerald, you know, trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he was just like, okay, we're not going to do all that. Nah, either here's two things. Either you're going to go all the way in with the shots fired or we're going to act professional and just keep it pushing. But the fact that these two were acting like two little high school girls in, in gym class just made me really, really sad to be from the Bay Area. Like, I really, really enjoyed, well, back in the day when both this is Kalina Azubuke's second season on the TV broadcast. So Jim Barnett, I enjoyed Jim Barnett. So it, it's just really, really, and it's just really, really childish. Like, I know the NBA is all about petty and, and trying to create these little subplots. But, you know, if you you want to sit here and do all the shots fired and this and that, and then you got Bob Fitzgerald talking about, oh, well, we're, you know, well, let's not let's not get there. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You're either going to go all the way or we're going to nip that in the bud real quick. But you can't have one person out here talking about, oh, I want more of this. I want all the smoke. And you got another one out here trying to smooth things over. Like, it, it don't work like that. So it pains me to do it. I had to do it. But if Clay wants to go off and talk about who's riding McGruber and he's going to go to the G League, let him do it. Let him say what he want to say. You had him up there on the broadcast. Might as well. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really awkward situation and the broadcast team didn't make it any better um they 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 just kind of made it even worse and kind of put more fuel to the fire on something that was honestly what i saw the what i saw on the the feed the replay of the whole situation go down i didn't even know what really happened i I couldn't even tell that there was a skirmish or anything like that so uh, i don't know if that's why rodney gruger tried to be a tough guy and he didn't really get the mission accomplished because i i've watched the replay at least four or five times and I still don't really know what transpired um, for him to want to do that. So, I mean, I guess. But, yeah, I, I got to give the the Golden State Warriors local broadcast the sports business big gummy of the day because they was just on some tuna that they was just on some tuna Saturday night. So, I don't know. I hope they get it together. But, uh-huh. but that being said, man, that's going to be it. That's going to be what we did. That's what we're going to do next week. We're going to run it back. We're going to give definitely recaps of the Super Bowl which I'm really, really excited to watch. I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. It's going to be different. Um, they say that Ariana Grande is going to be on there with the weekend and whatnot. So, you know, we'll see how the halftime show goes. I know Budweiser said that they're not going to be having any commercials this year and they're donating all their money to COVID research and whatnot. So it's going to be an interesting virtually held Super Bowl, I guess you can say. But nonetheless, we got to the end of the season and that's, in a safe and healthy way as, as possible as they could. I think the NFL did the best that they could without being in a bubble situation. So shout out to the NFL for making this happen and giving people a little bit of uh, entertainment relief during during these trying times for almost a year now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, that being said, show's over. Again, my name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Tombis. You can find me on the gram at Money Compton. You can find me on the Twitterverse at Eric T. Compton. Like I said, this amazing podcast is available on all platforms wherever you get your podcast at so hit that like subscribe button and tell a couple of friends and appreciate the support and we'll definitely run this back next week but outside of that nothing but love and peace we out you